Welcome to the Liberty Block Live. I am Elliot Axelman. Welcome to the Liberty Block Live. I am Elliot Axelman here with Daniel Rice, our Arizona member. And we're going to speak with him about Arizona about why he might be leaving Arizona, and about a whole bunch of other topics that we posted about earlier. Welcome to the Liberty Block Live, Daniel. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you, finally. So Daniel is one of our newer writers and editors and team members, and he's written some stuff, and he helps us edit all of our stuff. So he's had a hand in pretty much all of our articles over the last few months or a year or so. And he's out in Arizona. And why don't you tell us what's going on with the Arizona population that you've seen over the last few years? Uh, I came back about three years ago, it's, which is about the same amount of time that this new statistic that came out about a month or so ago was released. In the last three years, Phoenix, Arizona and Maricopa County have been the fastest growing city and county in the country. We're taking wow. 10,000 people a month then. So 120,000 a year, and that's average. So some months are bigger, some are less. I'm sure summer it's less, a lot of winter traffic. And these people, do you do the statistics show where they're coming from? Uh, I haven't seen that. We just driving down the road. I have about a 20, almost 30 mile commute. And uh, I'd estimate half of the out of state plates are California plates. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause you see the license plates it's before the, they register. Yeah, it's the, uh, the fleeing California. Yep. And have you seen a difference over the past few months or years in, I guess, the electorate or the, the voting or the elected members? Uh, we haven't had an election. Uh, well, actually, interesting, just this week, Phoenix had an election. They had a ballot petition that the city tried to have, the corrupt city of Phoenix tried to have nullified, saying that it was illegal gathered or whatever excuse they used. The judge overruled it, said you had to go to an election. Basically, we have a light rail system here that makes no sense. We're one of the biggest cities in the country in terms of land size. And we have a light rail system that serves a minor fraction of people. I don't know the number. It's got to be less than 10% of people just looking at the neighborhoods it goes through. And we had a, there was a group that wanted to get that so that they could allocate the funds elsewhere. We just had the election this week. So again, this doesn't make sense at all for the Valley. I don't know any person that drives our light rail system. Uh, it's used uh, down in uh, uh, Tempe, down at ASU. It's used a little bit more, obviously, for the college kids to get around. Short of those guys, nobody uses it. I don't know a single person at work that uses it. It doesn't even go anywhere near my work. It's basically a single line. Uh, but that just passed on this last Tuesday. Uh, they have enough of the, I guess the oceans are rising crowd to uh, have kept this uh, boondockle in place. And and throughout the whole state of Arizona, have you noticed more? I mean, in the last U.S. Senate election in 2018, I believe, you had a Democrat take one of the U.S. Senate seats, right? Uh, and it took about two weeks before they uh, were able to find enough votes to give that to her. <laughs> On yeah. election night, she was actually behind. And I'm actually a precinct committeeman now. I ran into a lady who works at the county recorder's office, and out here our county recorder is the one who administers an election. Uh, several areas of fraud, and he's actually up for, they're considering recalling them. They have several people that might run against them. In fact, since the 1950s, the way they, they set up polling places out here, the recorder is responsible for some of it, the board of supervisors are responsible for the other. The board of supervisors, though, has the power to delegate the authority to someone. In the 1950s, they delegated it to the county recorder's office, said, you're already doing this function, you may as well do this too, it makes sense. Because he has messed up the last three elections, they've taken this power away from him. So after like 70 years, which is how long, I guess, the Soviet Union was around, uh, it took one Democrat to have those powers stripped from him. There's a room, and I know this because the lady's been in the room, there's two TVs. Our ballots are generally an arrow, but broken arrow ballot where you have to connect the arrow for who you want or what proposition you want. There's a room with two TVs, and if 
they deem that they can't read your vote. I don't know how hard it is to read an arrow, but they get to put it on this uh, projector screen that projects it up there, and the county recorder and his assistants, who I'm sure are going to be handpicked by him, they get to decide what your intent was. Interesting. So it's very corrupt uh, on the election. Other counties I don't hear have problems, but Maricopa County and Pima County, which is where Tucson's at, uh, historically, you always hear of problems on election day. But even even with the election fraud that probably occurs, and there might be a lot, the fact that it was close, I don't know, about 5, 10, 15 years ago, I assume 20, 30 years ago, and going back 100 years, when Arizona was one of the most conservative pro-freedom states, these elections probably weren't even close enough to flip like with, with Senator Sinema, right? Uh, our senators have... We, we've actually been a, we came into a union as a progressive state. There was a progressive trend really? back in the early 1900s. Uh, we actually have had our share of Democrats, but it was kind of that old time Democrat that actually, you know, they didn't hug every tree that, that came along and they actually kind of just had a little bit different philosophy. It was more that blue collar Democrat thing. Um, from a Senate point of view, don't forget we're the state that Barry Goldwater came from. So like, the, you know, almost yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the God of you libertarian know, conservative yeah. movement. Yeah. Yeah. In today's terms, he'd be a total libertarian. Yeah. Um, he definitely wouldn't fit in with Mitch McConnell and his crowd. Funny thing is Kirsten Cinema is in the Barry Goldwater seat. Yeah. It's the Barry Goldwater seat transferred to McCain and she's actually in the seat that McCain was in. Well, McCain held it for her for 30 some years. So, yeah, while she grew up, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so overall you think Arizona is is probably moving closer to California at either either you know sooner or later it's going to be part of California culturally speaking, right? Yes, if we don't get the wall up around California. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, did we make any of those memes where the wall went Yeah, we did, right? For the little block so. and Yeah, I think there were a couple of them. Yeah, so the wall went up through California, but yeah. So, so you did, when did you learn about the free state project? Oh, probably I was still living in California. So I lived in California two different times. I came back here last time in 2010 and it was before that. So I want to say probably about 12, 2006 would be my guess. So pretty much when it was brand new around, around like 2005 is probably when. It yeah, was, I would have been, I think it, I, I didn't want to commit to something that I wasn't able to fulfill. So I never signed up initially, but I want to say they were only up to about five or 6,000 people when I first learned about it. By the time I finally signed up, I think I'm in the 23,000 range. So you did so. sign up. Okay. I am great. signed up. Great. I can't find the email. I was trying to. No, we'll, we'll find it. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. So, so you're likely, likely you're planning to move to New Hampshire. Uh, it's looking that way. Uh, as you know, uh, I was leaning toward Texas heavily for a while, but uh, we're starting to see some problems in Texas that I'm not comfortable with. I think, again, I'm, I'm a pessimist, so people say I'm, I'm stupid, but, but I'm usually right. right. I think California is expanding and is taking over Oregon and Washington and maybe some of Idaho. It's taking over Nevada, probably. It's taking over Arizona and New Mexico, New Mexico first, and then Arizona. It took over Colorado already. Colorado yeah. was was red, then purple. Now it's already considered blue in general. So New Mexico and the next one over is Texas. Obviously, Oklahoma has some issues, although it's still pretty good on the whole. But they're, I think they're taking over Texas and a lot of California yeah. and, and Mexico. And the cities are growing, as we discuss all the time. Austin is growing. Houston, which is one of the biggest cities in the country, with like 4 million people or something. It's growing. And the people who grow from, from the cities, like Houston and, and Dallas and San Antonio and, and Austin and El Paso, which is – pretty much Mexico and, and one of the most progressive yeah. places in the country. They win with like a, what, 80% of the votes the Democrats win with in El Paso. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so, horrible. And, um, and that's where, what's the name is from, right? Either Beto O'Rourke or one of the Castro. Uh, yeah. He's Beto's from there. there. Castro is, um, he's San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think because of all the cities and the people who grow the population, the reason the population of cities grows is because it's, it's, you know, welfare and projects and, Big, big progressives who are have to yeah, have a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, so that's why cities grow, and and it kills me when people in in New York, even people libertarians, say the cities in New York are doing great. Oh, Daniel Miller commented that uh, Texas <laughs> is Daniel Miller on. <laughs> he said uh, Texas. He gets summoned when he, someone talks about Texas, especially when we talk I know, about I know, he does, and, but, and yeah, I, 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 they're they're number two. Yeah, you, listen, you, if you guys well, make Texas happen, if you make 
if you I'll make be there Texas a state, we'll, we'll all move there. Yeah, um, and and we support Texas, of course. So people say when the uh, the cities in New York are doing great, you know, the, the cities are doing great, but upstate, you know, conservative New York is suffering. It's actually the opposite. The cities are growing in population because mm -hmm. we know we know the kinds of people who live in projects who have you know tons and tons of kids. And I've heard from them; they admit they have kids for the primary purpose of getting more welfare, which is yeah, very very Lyndon, disturbing. Lyndon Johnson, yeah, Lyndon Johnson knew how how to get them. Didn't he say, I'll have someone vote in Democrat for 50 years? Uh, it wasn't a word we're usually allowed to use anymore. What did he say, 50 years or 100 years? Uh, 100. We'll have them voting for us for the next 100 years. Yep. And it, it looks like it is happening. I'm so, not sure if his white sheet was on at the time when he said that, but it should have been. Yeah, you know what? If if Daniel Miller is commenting on our live streams, we'll have him on some time to talk about Texas, and then he can try to convince me to stop being a pessimist about about Texas and the country. Because I, I I think still... it was actually it was someone else. It was it was Red State Secession. I was debating a lot because he's he's pretty optimistic that that big group on Facebook, pretty optimistic, probably like Daniel is about Texas being able to secede. I think I think a lot of people in Texas, I think Texas is one of the most nationalist patriotic states because remember we say this every week on the show at some point that state was always a synonym with country it's just always been that way they're synonymous it's been that way forever in every language as well yeah. um in, in hebrew we say we do not israel it means the state of israel which also means the country of israel because synonym you know state and country mm -hmm. are synonymous so yeah it used to be people took people uh quit being educated on words yep, yep. so the the department of indoctrination that's what yeah. did it so what used to be maybe 100 years ago or 1776, so like 250 years ago, the states, people in the states that had pride for their states, and they happened to be in union. We see like the EU right now. We have yeah. people who are proud, proud Englishmen and proud Irish and proud German and French and Spanish, but their grandkids are going to be proud uh, Europeans, right, to the EU. Yeah. So, so that's what they want to happen. Same happened, happened to the U.S. And what do we say? We're American. We identify as American. It shouldn't be that way. You should identify as a, a Texan or an Arizonan or something or yeah. some, you know. We should identify as as New Yorker or, or from New Hampshire or whatever, Grand Stater, and that's how it's supposed to be. So when anyway, when I went through Texas, Texas and Wyoming, I really saw that people really considered themselves citizens of their state before the union. People in Wyoming, you know, I'm a cowboy, I'm a Wyomingan or something. I'm a Wyomingite. People in Texas, I'm a Texan, I'm a Texan, and you know, even more than they care about America, they identify as Texans, and that that is some optimism as far as the Texan movement. And when my family first moved here in 83, that's how it was here in Arizona. Arizona's always kind of had a little rebellious streak. Um, there's been secession talk for a while uh, in Arizona, not lately, back when it was still when people, you know, said they're Arizona, back when you still wore cowboy boots. I remember when we, I thought I came, we came here, we were in Ohio for six weeks uh, back when the steel mills were shutting down. So that's why we came out here. But we were in Jersey before that and uh, South Jersey and it wasn't the most pleasant place for me. But um, I was shocked when we moved out here, you walk down the street and you pass somebody on the sidewalk and everybody would always say, howdy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is this? Like a middle of a Western movie or something? They literally was the word howdy. I'm not making up howdy. It wasn't hello, how you doing? It was howdy. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I saw, I saw that in Texas. I, I still haven't been West of Texas. So I've never been to Arizona or Utah or Nevada or, or those states, but I've been to, to New Mexico, Colorado and Wyoming. So I, I saw that in Texas, saw it in Wyoming. Um, I don't know too much about the other states, but it's very interesting. It is it is really like a, a a partisan or ideological difference because I spent ten years living in New York. In New York, there's none of that. People don't know what the state flag looks like. People never identify as a New Yorker, but they mean the city. They mean they're from the city of New York, and and it's they're not big on like nationalism or patriotism. They're like I'm a New Yorker, so I'm better than you. I'm a New Yorker, so I'm smart and I'm you know educated and California. Yeah, yeah. Californians do have some state pride, I think. Again, I haven't yeah. been there. Oh, but they do. Yeah, yeah, they do have some, and and it is like state patriotism, and that's why again, Cal Exit movement, I think, has a lot going for it. Now, Daniel made a good comment, which is something that we we speak about a lot. The other Daniel Miller, um, and he said, you know, when we let the opposition control the language, control the dictionary, we hand them the win, and that's why we actually thanks for reminding us. But we do do this when we write articles. Maybe three years ago, I would write America or the U.S. I rarely even write the U.S. anymore. Screw America. I rarely, because it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. We're, we're a union, a loose collection of states. We're, you know, 50 independent nations that happen to be in a union, just like the EU. So I, we already write, even, not even America, not even the US, I'll write something like, you know, the, the various states, or I'll describe the actual states, or I'll say the union with a lowercase u, because I'm not capitalizing that. I don't, you know, 
have any reverence for the king or anything like that. Or when I'm when I want to be really sarcastic and I'm feeling especially angsty or something, I'll I'll write the divided states instead of the United States. So I'll write the divided oh, states. Yeah. So sometimes, but but I, I want to obviously push secession and independence and the union breaking apart so we can get on with our lives and stop being yeah. in a, a mutually abusive relationship. So I'll I'll write divided states sometimes capitalizing the D and the S. And I'll link it, so I'll hyperlink those two words to one of our great articles on secession. So we already do do this. Sorry, I'm reading Daniel's comments. Yes, it's not like uh, Mini Pearl. Yeah, he's got some good comments. It, 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 it was a manly howdy, yes. And they're so, not around anymore. They're uh, they're California guys now. Did you get to read my latest article that I'm angry about now? The latest one I, I wrote. The one that you just put up today about the ATF. Uh, I glanced at it, and and it's ridiculous ruling about the ATF. It's, yeah, it's it's completely insane ruling. It's not even a ruling. It's not even not an amendment. Not even a law. Not even a ruling. It's no. A, by ruling, a, I mean their a redefinition. Ruling. It's yeah. a reinterpretation. Yeah, yeah. They've decided what what is is. And this, this is incredible. So I'll go over the basics of the article, and then we can kind of uh, cut and paste this video into the article, probably like we, we usually do. So pretty much last night at some point, yesterday evening, someone posted to Facebook a letter that he supposedly got from the ATF. And we'll take him at face value because you are legally allowed to. So we'll assume that it's, it's really from the ATF. And with Trump and his ATF banning bump stocks by reinterpreting a crappy piece of plastic as a machine gun, it's not surprising that they would ban – that they would – reinterpret anything to mean a machine gun. Anyway, this guy got a letter pretty much saying that his AK-12 shotgun, which is a semi-auto shotgun, it's a semi-auto version of a, a fully auto shotgun that was made a while ago. So this company made a semi-auto version, and this guy got it, and either he registered it or posted about it, or the ATF is spying on him, <clears throat> be rich, or they somehow otherwise found out that he had this AK-12 shotgun. So they sent him a letter, and it said, hey, you know, we understand that you have this semi-automatic shotgun. So it's a shotgun like a semi-auto rifle. It's a magazine-fed. Magazine-fed semi-auto, right? So they found out about it, and they pretty much said, listen, according to the NFA and GCA, and they referenced like US Code 18 and US Code 23 and all that junk, and um, all these unconstitutional laws, and they pretty much say, since the side plate is the same as the side plate in the fully automatic AA-12, we're going to consider it you know, a machine gun because it has one similar part. Now, I'm not. I'm not a gunsmith, and I'm not. Wait, you have some some information. Yeah, from what I saw, I'm not familiar with that yeah. shot. Okay, okay. The so picture, the picture you posted, it almost looks like it's just a shell that's going. Th that's on. what I was going to say. So you know how, how some rifles, the, the one of the few rifles that, that I've you know taken apart to that level are the Ruger 10.22 rifle, but similar rifles, similar 10.22 rifles, and some other bolt action rifles. Um, so yeah. some bolt action, some semi-auto. The frame, so the stock, you can call the frame or the stock because it's just yeah. a big plastic thing, and it does nothing besides for the aesthetics, right? It covers up the, yeah. the internals, right? So yeah. w the gun would be 100% functional with, without this this stock frame, right? From that picture that's, you posted, it looks it appears like. to me, yeah. Yeah, it might not be the most comfortable to hold, but yeah. it looks like it's, but it's fully not, functional. But because the problem is when we say frame, so the lower receiver, obviously the receiver, the lower the frame, is what's considered the serialized and the regulated part, right? Right. So the problem is with with an AR or with any rifle, you'd call it the lower receiver. With with a pistol, like the Glock, for instance, the serialized part and the regulated part is it's the frame, right? Yep. And you were hundred percent right on your Glock eighteen. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah, I should yeah. have asked you. I yeah, was looking you for a gunsmith. Yeah. I was looking for someone to confirm. So yeah, it's very yeah, interesting. The selectors the selectors not in the frame on that, it's up on the slide. Yeah, yeah, especially if you do if you do the, the aftermarket version of just getting the slide with the selector switch. So yeah. yeah, so for the picture again, I might be missing something, and that's why I say it to Mike, as far as I know, it looks like it's just that kind of you know stock stock frame. Now there might be some special piece in there, but I can't imagine there's anything in there that makes it full auto. There's no auto sear going on, there's no um BCG or anything like that. Um interesting. ATF guys look shady. We should assume they're all <laughs> yeah. A bunch of good comments, yeah. The ATF are very shady for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, they violate the Constitution and natural rights and natural freedoms, and as I mentioned, Ruby Ridge. So, Waco. And they so, regulate all the fun stuff. Yeah, very, very interesting. 
now, and pretty much the, the letter says, since this part is the same one as the automatic version, which can be said for every AR-15 to M16, and Glock 19, and Glock 17 to Glock 18, and, and everything else could be, it could share at least one part with the fully auto version, mm -hmm. right? There's no gun in the world that yeah. shares zero parts. Oh, the pin. Oh, it's a little pin, roll pin. Right. So if it has a pin and your M16 has a pin, oh, every gun in the world is a machine gun. So anyway, the ATF says, you have an AA-12, it's semi-auto, we're going to redefine it as a machine gun because it shares a part with the fully auto version. So we've been ordered, or we are tasked with with uh, retrieving the firearms. So we ask that you surrender it immediately. Immediately. So that they're uh, confiscating his firearm. But yeah, according to that letter, it really seems like they can redefine every single firearm in, in existence as a machine gun. Well, and it just occurred to me uh, while you were saying that what they could be trying to do is going after that one for that reason to then go after every AR. Since most there, there's a little bit inside the lower receiver that needs to be modified with some basic machining, but it's mostly the trigger group and the bolt carrier mechanism that makes an AR fully auto versus semi-auto. There's a so, piece that there's a yeah. piece that's machined off on the semi-autos, and you have to have it, uh, the unmachined part for the fully autos. It's when it comes back forward, the unmachined part trips the sear as it's coming back forward. Are you talking about the, so the my, lower or the BCG? The BCG. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's basically, if you have the BCG and the trigger group, you basically have a full auto. So what they might be trying to do is say, okay, if we can claim this looks like that, then they can go, oh, well, then this looks like that on the yeah, ARs. So, and they can wipe out the entire AR platform. Yeah. So which I, is I, their goal. I didn't really think about that. But then someone in the comments, we, we published the article right away. I, I got angry. I wrote the whole article real quick. I looked it over once for spell check. I missed half the, the uh, typos. I published it and then I started editing it. And then someone mentioned, oh, you know, another big one you missed is the Air 15 and M16. I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? And then I, I went back to my Google Doc to edit it. And then I edit from there. And then I would put in that new paragraph into the, the website. Right. And then I wrote, and also the ATF might be able to potentially use this to to compare every Air 15 to M16 and ban all Air 15s. And I haven't put that paragraph into the site yet because I'm like, Wait, that's literally what they want. That's not yeah. a bad thing. They consider it a good thing. So, and, you know, every leftist, every don't, don't, don't give them an idea. Yeah, yeah. They I don't might not have thought of it yet. Yeah. But also, I don't want to make the anti gunners happy. So, yeah, that was really interesting. But I thank the ATF for giving us another great idea for an article. So, that was, by the way, our 19th or 20th article of the month, which is probably our biggest month. We've had 15,000 people engage with our articles, our posts on Facebook this month. It's one of our big months. So, we're doing pretty well. Thanks, ATF. But yeah, that's Trump's ATF, guys. That is Trump. Yeah. Oh, and speaking, speaking of Trump, of, yeah, yeah. What do you want to say Pence, about Trump? Pence. Yeah, I, I want to talk your, about my your Pence. rant. What? So what happened? I I saw your comments yesterday, but I haven't caught up to it. What did Pence say? Okay. Um, I wrote an article. I got a very pessimistic article a week or two ago, probably a week ago, about how every conservative, every great, even the great ones that I love the best, most stalwart, consistent, amazing, pro-liberty, principled conservatives in the US were all coming out and supporting red flag laws. And yeah. some didn't say anything, but nobody spoke up against them. There's only one guy in the world who's a conservative speaking out against them. It's Congressman Thomas Massey. Other than him, every conservative is either actively supporting it or kind of just shutting up. So I was pretty disappointed. And some of the really big, great ones, I mean, Dan Crenshaw was a superstar. Yeah, I wrote about that one. Yeah, yeah. So we got Dan Crenshaw. You wrote a funny article about it. Um, to me, to me, this was no laughing matter. So, so I'll be more serious in the future. Yeah. So this my is that was Crenshaw. to the readers. We got uh, Trey Gowdy. I think Ben Shapiro said, "quote They're a great idea." I don't know if he's totally on board. But he said they're a great idea in theory, which they're not. We had um, obviously Donald Trump. We had a few others and a bunch of other congressmen. We had a few other in the media. We had a, a whole bunch of others. Some of the great congressmen as well. Anyway, and it's all in the article, so you can read about all the great conservatives who now support red flag laws. And by the way, oh, Vermont and Florida. Vermont had a Republican governor. He's really a leftist, but Phil Scott. So in Vermont, there were never any gun laws. They were like Arizona, Wyoming, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, well, it took us a while to get there. I think we may, be, may have pulled ahead of them for number one. Arizona? On ranking, like general freedom ranking. Yeah, so, oh, by yeah, the way. We used to be pretty far behind. We didn't have concealed carry even until the 90s. By the way, yeah, I got a bone to pick with you. Because everybody said, well, you can carry openly. What the hell do you need concealed for? Yeah, our, on a lot of lists, Arizona's ranked number one in overall gun rights. I don't get it. I'm missing something. 
Arizona seems to have like no real laws or permits required and no restrictions, right? But so does Wyoming, Alaska, New Hampshire, and Vermont did till a year ago, and then a few other states. So I would say New Hampshire is number one. And the, the small technical stuff, New Hampshire is number one on. So New Hampshire literally has zero laws. Besides the federal laws that FFLs will obey, there are zero laws. It's pure anarchy here. And that's why we're the safest and best state. And, and I just the best that people. Today. Um, Go, go ahead and finish. I yeah. So anyway, so so in Vermont, they never had any gun laws. They just, they, they were pretty mm -hmm. liberal. They have Bernie Sanders. They have some other stuff. They're hippies. They're socialists. But I, I've heard that they never and bothered that part getting. Baffles me. Yeah, it's interesting. But you know what I heard? I've heard that there are a lot of leftists there, but gun control wasn't a very high priority there because they have Nothing so many bears. Happened. They just have so <laughs> many bears that that they really need guns. They know like, they need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the people. They admit, like, all right, guys, let's be serious. Like, relax, Bloomberg. We got to be serious. We have bears here. We're going to die. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I heard. But anyway, Phil Scott, this great conservative, ran as a great, you know, pro-gun guy. He's So they do, do have, or they had a conservative governor. He's still governor. And last year, after some of the shootings, he uh, he pushed for it. It wasn't like a bill he signed. He was the one who authored and pushed for and proposed the bill. And he pushed a whole big package of bills. Red flag laws, I believe, being one of them. Banning private sales. Magazine capacity limits. A whole bunch of other laws. So he passed a whole big gun control package. All that was from the Republican. All yeah, that was Bill Scott. He 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 wrote the he wrote and passed the bills. But then, so he was whatever. He's a rhino. He's in Vermont, right? What about Florida? A little more conservative state, right? We had um, Rick Scott. Rick Scott was the governor of Florida till he went to the U.S. Senate last year or 2018. Um, and he was a pretty good conservative. A lot of people down there like him. People I trust conservatives. They like him a lot. And after one of these mass shootings, right before he left to the U.S. Senate, right before the election, he was like termed out as governor or he was leaving or whatever. He uh, also, he banned bump stocks. Oh, that's another one, Phil Scott. So they both banned bump stocks, I believe, passed red flag laws, I believe, banned private sales. And he, um, at least in Florida, Rick Scott made it mandatory 21 for all firearms, not just handguns. Mandatory, you've got to be 21. And so banned private sales, red flag laws, bump stocks, and... I'm not sure about magazine restrictions, but it was a whole bunch of gun control laws in Florida. And again, Florida won the Cato Freedom in the States .org, the number one free estate. I don't know about yeah, after why? that. Yeah. So that's just the number two. There's time. Yeah. Well, New Hampshire will be will be number one in the in the next ranking. I'm next, sure. Next rounding. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote about that too. But anyway, Mike Pence came out, and just the other day, a day or two ago, I saw Mike Pence and some. Uh, Fox 59, some local Fox station reported that he uh, gave this impassioned speech about how Congress has to follow Indiana's lead because he's from Indiana. And he was speaking in Indiana, I suppose, about their red flag law, how great it is. Yay, we get to confiscate guns, take the guns now and, and do process later, all that stuff. So he was pretty happy with how Indiana's red flag law is working out. And they're a conservative state. He's a conservative guy and he's supporting red flag laws. So I'm like, once. Mike Pence, again, Trump is all over the place. Everyone knows that. He's not consistent. But Mike Pence was the great consistent conservative in the White House. And now Mike Pence is urging the federal government to pass it. It seems like, again, I don't care who has the House and Senate. Democrats have the House. Republicans have the Senate. It doesn't matter. Everyone yeah. in D.C. supports red flag laws besides Thomas Massey, who's one lowly congressman who no one cares about. Right. So it's inevitable that they're going to pass. And it's scary stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that's another thing I'm pretty upset about. What else did we have to talk about? Oh, you know, it's interesting. So you know how in the Democratic primaries, there were like 24 people or whatever. The one that I saw as being most popular here in New Hampshire, I only saw signs for, I think, one person. It was Tulsi Gabbard. I saw like oh. five or 10 signs. Houses, you know, five, 10 mm -hmm. houses in here in my neighborhood have signs for Tulsi Gabbard. And again, obviously, I, I think her, her economic policies are 100% wrong, but she is she's popular. Yeah. You can't deny the fact that she's popular. So if polls can make it seem like she has 1% or 0% or manipulate polls or whatever because they're done by the big pollsters or the big Democrat Party leaders and make it seem like she has not a high enough – Was she know, bumped Was she bumped from the stage? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. They threw her off the stage. Okay. She will not I be in the next debate. I have seen the list of who got on. Yeah. So she won't be in the debates from that one, meaning that she has no chance, zero chance, even though she spent no, another, another no, billion no. dollars. When it comes election time in a year for the primaries or – primaries, I guess in like seven months they'll start or whatever, the people will will think, again, 99.9% .9 of Democrat primary voters, if you're not in the debates, they'll assume you have no chance. So right. she, she's going to have no chance. And they just, it's very easy. They just threw her off the debate stage. And she was the most popular one. But again, we all know they're pushing for, for Biden, maybe Warren, maybe Bernie, and maybe um, Booker. We, we know who the establishment favorites are. Yeah. 
Ah, bring them on. Excellent. Either, either got a crash, either either they get defeated, or we just get that cl much closer to being able to crash the whole system. Yeah, so no that's, that's there's no way their policies at. can maintain anything. That's pretty much where I'm at. I'm I'm so like even beyond pessimistic. I think that the union can't be saved. There's no one, not even the great Trump, who people think is God or King of Israel. Now, now he's you know he's like yeah. the King of Israel. I I don't think anyone could save the union. And again, I've said this a lot. And I heard someone else make another Harry Potter reference today, but I, you know, the, the Horcrux from Harry Potter seven. Yeah. So kind of like a Horcrux, but also like a Sorcerer's Stone, like too powerful to handle, but that's in a good way. But the Horcrux, remember in Harry Potter seven, I think when they're kind of on the run and, and when one of them would possess the Horcrux in a, a necklace or in their pocket or something, it would make them super duper negative and just yeah. wear them down. And it was not healthy yeah. for them. So they would take turns. Right. Yeah. So the way I see it, the way I see it, power is like that. If you have some power, and the Horcrux is very powerful, obviously, not in a good way. It's like negative energy, but but people who have power, it destroys you. If you were elected, and I think you're smart enough to know this now, if you were elected to Congress, at some point, you'd have an expiration date, right? In 25 years of everyone in D.C. trying to, you know, blow you and give you money and, and worship you and everything, in 30 years, how, how would your morals be? How principled would you be? Oh, they go almost right away. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people like Crenshaw and Rubio and some others lose their principles right yeah. away. Some take a few years to lose them, but ultimately, again, Rand Paul's lasted. Ted, Ted Cruz. Yeah, yeah. I was but, huge. I voted for him in the primary. I was still in Texas. Yep. Uh, I was able to vote for him in the primary against Trump, and I was still pretty negative after he had to drop out, but I was glad he at least got to be second. It, it's inevitable. I mean, there are a few guys in the Senate who have lasted eight years, which is phenomenal, which is which is eight years longer than most. Like you see Rubio got to the Senate. They were all elected in like 2012 or something yeah. with the Tea Party yeah. movement. But Rubio already probably lost all his principles. And and Rand Paul and Mike Lee, who were also elected around the same time, have been there maybe six, eight years, eight, maybe more. And um, they still have some principles. They still overall probably like freedom. They probably mm -hmm. don't love total communism yet. But again, it's inevitable. It's not about how great they are. It's not if, it's when. Within yeah. 10 years, Rand Paul will not be, you know, will just not be that pro-freedom. Mike Lee, it's inevitable. He still speaks out against he, the government. But or he quits like Trey Gowdy did, I, which kind of, yeah. kind of upset me because I think he was still getting the bottom of some and, stuff. And Chaffetz. Chaffetz and Gowdy yeah. were both young and had a lot of influence chairing big committees, I think, yeah. and could have gone, you know, and they decided either because they're principled or probably to make money, you know, with a, with a book tour or a media or something else. Yeah. But I mean, Chaffetz is already on Fox, which is fine. But but again, yeah. I don't know. He's he was pretty good. Um, Gowdy was pretty good. But I don't know how principled they are. I don't know if they quit for the right reasons. But didn't Gowdy also say he supports red flag laws? Oh, you know what Gowdy said? He said, well, none of these matters, none of these rights, First Amendment, Second Amendment matter if you're dead. So we need to stop people from dying, indicating so, that he would support yeah. gun control, which was pretty disappointing. So, yeah, I, I think we're so screwed. Pretty much where I'm at is that no one could save the union, no yeah. matter who was elected. Even if I was elected, I couldn't save the union. It's too big. I couldn't fight Congress and the CIA and the courts. You can't do it all. Trump can't do yeah. it all. Even if he's an angel, even God, you can't do it all. I could get in there and I'm strong and great and brave and I think yeah. I'm great, right? I couldn't save America. You can't save the union. It's time to dissolve it before it gets violent. So the way I see it, right. let Elizabeth Warren win. Great. Let's yeah. get a Warren-Biden ticket unless, you know, or Bernie Sanders or something. Go full communist. And then... Right now, we're awake and we're fighting it. If we get, have total communism or uh, you know socialist president or something like that, like Warren, who's a, a total communist pretty much, then we can have another 100 million Americans who are kind of sleeping but kind of hopeful, optimistic. I know a lot of optimistic people, even in California and New York, they'll wake up. Once that happens, they'll realize their state is screwed, their their country, their union is screwed. They're going to wake up and start start you know fighting and saying, hey, let's leave. Let's leave the union. If they're in New York or Cali, they'll move to New Hampshire or something or maybe Texas and help with, with the, you know, secession, but we need to start dividing before it gets violent. So that's, that's why to our viewers, that's why we've been working so hard with trying to promote Cal exit. We think if California right. leaves, it'll be great, but also it'll set the president that allows Texas and maybe Arizona and New Hampshire to leave the union as well. And then we can all be happy. How about that? Yeah. Well, and I had, I was going to write on it, but I'm so far behind on my articles. So I had an idea kind of like, um, uh, I guess sort of like an EU thing. So what, one of the secession groups posted something about like confederations. So I had this idea because when I started the Arizona secession group within 24 hours, I was accused of sedition and treason. And I never said a single word about supporting secession. The group was established. And if you look in 
in the about for the group, it says it's just to track the various secession movements around the country. But just the name Arizona Secession, I started getting attacked. I started getting these messages from people saying I was guilty of treason and sedition. And last I checked, I actually had to have a trial before I could be convicted and found guilty. But they told me I was guilty of it. That's probably a so, crime. So, by I, way. so I had to I had to believe them that I am guilty of treason and sedition, it seems. But so I had ideas. So to support all these people that are deathly afraid of splitting up. Although if you look at places like Monrovia and 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 uh, what's there's a little tiny country between Spain and France, Andorra, I think. Catalonia. Uh, well, Catalonia is a region of actual Spain. There's this little. I mean, it's literally like the next one bigger than the Vatican. It's only like a couple miles, square miles, I think. This place called Andorra. It's up in the Alps. They've got like thirty thousand people. The entire nation is thirty thousand people. There's several countries like that that are small. You know, you know, Micronesia and Palau yep. and these places. Just, How just, do they survive as a country? I think yesterday someone told me. Yeah, yesterday I was debating someone, and they said the uh, if New Hampshire seceded or if any state seceded, they wouldn't survive of their own. They said any state, and I'm like, the average state in America is, is I don't know, two, three, four million people. Some are bigger, some are smaller. New Hampshire is yeah. smaller. We would do phenomenally. Number one, we would do phenomenal. Yeah. New Hampshire as an independent nation, again, it, it might depend to some extent on on how much international trade we would have with the states and with with but you have a seaport. Uh, foreign well, countries. You're, you're a step closer than Arizona is. Well, yeah. Well, well, number one, we have we have some seacoast, only a few miles of of coastline, but we could you know still have plenty of of water trade. But also, we have a border with Canada as well. Mm -hmm. But but regardless, as long as there was some trade, again, to some extent, if there was zero trade, would we survive? Yeah, we wouldn't prosper. Right now, we're, we're the most prosperous yeah. state in the country. We have the the highest median household income. We have the best yeah. employment situation, the best economy. But would we be that prosperous without any trade? I don't know. Probably not. But it's too complicated. But why wouldn't we trade? Why do you have to be filthy rich? Why do you have to be having you know double and triple digit increases each year? Why can't paying the bills and you know living up through another winter be enough? Well, that's true. It's good to do that, but in the end, it's just a matter of living but, until next but, year. Well, here's the thing: there are states and there are countries throughout the world that trade with countries that aren't them. They trade with other countries. It's called interstate or you know international trade. They do it. It's done every day, right? So New Hampshire could trade with another country, say. Massachusetts or yeah. another country, Maine and Vermont and the other, you know, 47 and, you know, any other nation and Canada and Mexico and South America and China and every other country. New Hampshire could still trade just like they do now. All I'm saying is that maybe we shouldn't have one person or a collection of bastards. I mean, a collection of politicians making laws for all 330 million damn people in one big country. Right. So, or how about we get to an idea? I don't think I've run by you guys yet. So, and I've got arguments over this previous years. When you look at how representation was supposed to be set up, it was supposed to be about 30 to 50,000 people per representative. That would give us a house, I think I figured please it Please write that article. Write that of article. Like, of like 45, it's either 4,500 or 6,000 people. I had people tell me that's impossible. You can't get that many people in a room. I'm like, first off, I don't want that many people in a room because that's when they form little their little cliques. I, I want a requirement. You're actually at a home office. There would be an office downtown Phoenix, Arizona for Kristen Cinema, uh, Martha McSally, and all they of already all have offices. Six. Yeah, they have those. So, and, and they're like, well, people need to vote. I said, no, we have, we have blockchain now. You can have secure voting room within their office. Everybody does through blockchain. That's how the votes happen. Now, also what it does is since they're not centralized, the lobbying companies would have to have 50 different offices. At least places like California, as big as it is, you'd have to have two or three offices to lobby all of the politicians. So it kills largely part of the lobbying problem. You know, you can have one guy in Washington lobbying the 500 people. It's hard to have 50 guys lobbying. That puts your lobbying and, budget a lot and Perhaps the biggest benefit of this amazing idea, which my dad had years ago, but it's fine. You had it too on your own. Um, so you guys can both work on the article good, together. Good ideas are organic. Right. They, yeah, they yeah. Form on their own. You guys can both work on the article, but but one of the greatest things and the reason that he loved this idea, in addition to your other your other great points, is that that person like like Kristen Cinema would have to instead of instead of interacting with all the DC elite people and going to the great parties she loves going to, I'm sure like they all love mm -hmm. rubbing shoulders with the world leaders in DC and all that stuff and all all the money and powers there. They would have to go to the grocery store and bump into you. Yeah. How would she look you in the eye and say, I voted to raise your taxes, yeah. screw your family, bankrupt your kids, and yeah. take away all your guns? It wouldn't yeah. happen. It wouldn't happen, right? How yeah. often do you have you seen McCain and Cinema 
and and uh, flake and, and all the rest how often do you see them bump into them on the streets I never have I have seen Goldwater when he was alive really yeah when I worked at a grocery store wow, wow. Once, yeah. there you go it's, it's, it's a story I, I know it's kind of rude to him but I didn't know it was him until I turned around yeah but Again, he's libertarian and different world. But again, New Hampshire is kind of like that because we're a lot smaller. So even yeah. our biggest – now, again, the U.S. senators, I haven't seen them. I've never seen them in person, I don't think. Um, okay. uh, Shaheen and, and Hassan, even our Congress people, I don't really see them. But on a state level, it's different. In New York, I never saw my assemblyman or senators really, and, and they were considered celebrities, and, and they're rich. They make like $180,000 a year, and they're, they're gods, right? Here they make 200 bucks a year. Yeah. If you're any state politician, the most you make is 200 bucks a year, I believe, besides maybe the governor. Wow. I don't know. But all the state senators and reps make make um, hundred dollars a year or two hundred a year, so they're different. In fact, they're they need full time jobs because they're poor. They're still poor because they have full time jobs and they got to go to the state Which house. They should be. Week. And they're they're poorer than me, so I almost feel bad for them. But I feel bad for the good ones. Uh, screw the bad ones. But <laughs> yeah, right. they're they're people. They're people yeah. like you and me. And and the thing about there being four hundred state reps is that all my friends are are friends with tons of them right now. You mm -hmm. know. Kate and I are friends with like 50 state reps, but all my friends, you know, they all know a lot of state reps. They know their state reps. They know others. So it actually makes a little more sense here. And again, they live with you. They don't live in Concord and the capital is different. In New York, they probably live in Albany, which is four hours away from, from New York or so. Here, everything's closer. But anyway, they don't live in Concord. They live in their town. So mm -hmm. everyone knows them. Everyone knows their address. They really do. Your address, like, legit. Everyone really, really knows it. So if so you they really, don't do apartments yeah. in Concord? They literally exactly. go home like, the, do they have apartments at all or are they stay in hotels at all? They go home at the end of each night? Of course, of course, yeah. I, I mean, the farthest, it's all very close. New Hampshire is very small. Right. I know it's small, but, far, but up north, isn't that about two and a half hours away, three hours? You, you could be an hour or two away. So the, the people who are like furthest in Concord, yeah. 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 The people who are furthest are an hour or two away. Um, and, and again, the session is oh, yeah, Concord day. is central, yeah. Yeah, so it's the middle. So you can't really yeah. be more than an hour yeah, or two far, away. Yeah. And, and they have pretty good attendance, but they miss some. But but during the session, during the real few months where stuff's going on between maybe January and May, they, they try to attend those two, three session days a week. And it is right. what it is. And it just works a lot better. And again, these these are some of the reasons that you see with the FSP. These are some of the reasons why New Hampshire has maintained and preserved liberty longer than any other state besides maybe Wyoming, which doesn't have quite the same infrastructure for their government, but they're such cowboys that you know they were able to also preserve liberty. But Arizona stayed pretty good, but it's getting crappy now. But but some states stayed pretty good, and a few states are doing a few things, at least moving in the right direction in some ways. But most states are pretty terrible, and that's why. They're set up a different well, way. They're set up the right way. If you look at the uh, Freedom in the 50 States list, it's been about the same five. It's probably been about nine states. That, and the top three pretty much have been the top three for years. And then there'll be like Arizona when I first started tracking, I think was a, in the 20s, the low 20s, low meaning like 22 or 23. And we've crept up to I think we're nine right now. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand everything about about the ranking they take into account. They probably weigh all the like the 30 different characteristics equally. So they have Wyoming in like 17th place, which I, I could argue it's the freest state in the country, being that they have among the least taxes and least gun laws and some other, you know, a lot of good liberty I think in the place. Number of trees is a factor, and since we know Wyoming does have trees, no, I, I think it's um, they use like the personal liberties are important, but also like um, some I don't know, maybe some some drug policy, but also some other interesting regulations that I don't quite understand. So Wyoming does poorly on some stuff. I forget what it was. Yeah, they they land, I think do they, something? A, do they have licensing issues? Probably they. I mean, occupational licensing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of states that that you wouldn't think. I think like Tennessee is one of the bad ones, right? Uh, they're up there. I don't know if they're in the top five anymore. They were in top five at one point because I considered moving there also. Yep. So it's. But I, I think, think they have dropped. I think uh, I want to say top five. Uh, I don't know if I can look it up right now. I want to say top fives. You, Florida. No, no I'll look up right now. It's, it's, uh, yeah. That's easy yeah. enough. I think it's you, Florida. Colorado's up there. I think Nevada is in the top five right now. And it might yeah. Be still. It is. So Indiana's three. So oh, Florida, Indiana. New Hampshire, Indiana. Funny, we were just talking about Indiana. So conservative, so good. But yeah, Colorado number four overall. I don't get it. And then Nevada number five overall. Colorado, then, I think, probably picks up points from what I know because I considered going there at one point. Because um, of marijuana? Uh, well, that marijuana. plus Colorado is, my understanding, the most decentralized state fiscally. This what does state that mean? So when they bring in the state money, there's like by law, it has to flow to the counties. There's very little that the state government can actually spend money on. 
it's almost all county. So you can have a county that's totally messed up, spends a ton of money, you know, handing out free needles and all that. And then you have another county that gets to choose, okay, we're going to, you know, make sure our kids are educated. And uh, yeah, that's, we'll that's pretty good. Yeah. So I yeah, think I that's a couple of points, if I remember right. I'd have to look through all the stuff and figure out exactly. They're pretty, they're as many, as bad as places like Golden or not Golden, um, Boulder and Denver are for the liberals. They're pretty good on gun. Stuff. Denver. Yeah. Again, Colorado state, Colorado state's really good, but Denver has some of the really bad gun laws. They yeah. say pretty much you, no one could have any gun inside Denver ever. Pretty much. Yeah. Even if you have a permit, I think they say still screw you. You can't have one. Um, it's probably, so, yeah, it's probably, it's probably a May issue state would be my guess. The sheriff probably it's probably like california california people don't realize actually you can get a ccw in any anywhere in california if your sheriff will sign yeah off on yeah it. and that's another entirely up yeah. to the sheriff or chief of police yeah that's another massive issue and it just depends on, on the chief of police or sheriff and some are great and some yeah. are terrible i've heard yeah, a lot of stories north. i think this was illinois or maybe massachusetts where where it was a state that pretty much said like most states that if your police chief or sheriff approves you can you know have a a firearm or get that CCW yeah. license. So there was, there was one state where, or I guess one one sheriff that just refused everyone and said, well, you gotta take this this CCW safety class or something. And the exact class that they approved, no one offered, or they wouldn't approve, police oh, well, approve any class in the area. So no one could ever get a, a license. So this is just one of the many, many ways that you know police can, can use their own policies. By the way, Daniel, we gotta do an article on this too. So, something i was thinking about the last few days last week or so there are a lot of things that are not necessarily laws like written in bill and then becoming a statute or something that police or others and government politicians or something like we just saw with the atf can just unilaterally declare something and make it like a law so it has the same the same enforcement power as a law there's a lot of stuff police can do the one police have 100 percent discretion they can literally arrest anyone in the world they want anytime they never get punished because they can't because of qualified immunity and other protections and the police officer will have rights and they can arrest anyone anytime it might be nullified but they can arrest you which might ruin your life like my yeah. job if, yeah yeah if i'm arrested my life's over so what was that guy that just spent three months in jail and was it maryland or delaware for for he brought that illegal meth honey in oh yeah yeah, you had honey the and meth, he said well uh, maybe it's meth honey but, from jamaica yeah yeah but well i mean that was that was uh, a customs issue right and, and, and again, they, well, that's why they held them. They said they let them go yep. on bond locally, but ICE, they say, detained them. So they're trying to point the finger, which if it was ICE still, where's his attorney? Why does it take his attorney? I'm not an attorney, and I can figure out that it doesn't take three months to say I want to test those independently from their own lab. Mm -hmm. So th there are a lot of ways, like the ATF can redefine anything, but also something I just remembered about when I was on a road trip with, with my brother, Laser was driving into Wyoming, and Wyoming, I don't think, has any state seatbelt law, but this is just one example of what police could do. So they, they don't have, you know, mandatory seatbelts or anything. They can't pull you over, but what this cop pretty much said to us, he pulled us over and said, well, you're speeding a bit, you know, you're going 80 to 70 or something, but I was going to give you a ticket, you know, like 80 bucks, but, you know, I'll give you a $10 discount because you are wearing a seatbelt. So what the, the hell is that? So it's a de facto law. You know what I mean? So yeah. let, let's say, I don't know if there is a law or not, but this is just one idea I never thought about that they could do. Any cop could do this for anything, right? Let's say they hate, um, you know, they hate goatees or they like goatees. They'll say, you can't pass a law saying everyone has to have a goatee. They could say, Daniel, we pulled you over. Since you have a goatee, I'll give you 50% off the ticket. De facto, you have to have a goatee. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, they can do this for anything in the world. They can do this right. you know, for, for guns or speeding or anything else or, or anything in the world. They can hate Ruger. They might love Glock and hate Ruger and say they're penalizing me an extra 80 bucks on the ticket because I like Ruger, right? So they can do anything they want. And this yeah. is a little scary, right? And again, can cops do this? Yes, they can. They have 100% discretion, even if they are charged, which is almost never, and are convicted, it doesn't matter. They have qualified immunity and they can't get punished. And right. as police unions like the PBA constantly show us, even if they're punished, even for the most heinous crimes, even if they pull you over, say, screw you for your goatee, I hate goatees, and beat the crap out of you, and then shoot you in the face 12 times, still they can't be punished. And even if they are punished, one in a billion, around one in a thousand cops who, who murder someone is punished. Even if they are punished, you know what happens? Or if their cop is fired, the PBA will flip out. Have you heard some of this stuff? Two things recently. Just the other day, some cop, I heard some story. I probably posted it on Liberty Block. Some cops came to a guy's door and um, they had like some warrant or something. I forget what it was. It was no, it was a noise complaint or something, right? So, you know, he made a bit of noise or there was music in the yeah, house. Yeah, it was in his underwear or something. 
Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe he was, but but he had a, a firearm, right? So it was late at night. He had a music or whatever, or someone said he had music and called, and he came through the door with a firearm or something, yeah. and cops came, and um, as soon as he realized it was cops, he dropped the gun, right? Right. Right. So, so far, it's pretty uh, pretty tame story, right? Nothing crazy. Right. So anyway, um, I think the cop punished him. Barn, what was it? I think the cop punished him. They arrested him. They brought him in and stuff, and then pretty much they're going to drop some charges, right? He did nothing wrong, obviously, right? He dropped the gun immediately. And everyone says yeah. he did. The cops admit it. They arrested him, right? So he dropped right. it, and then they, they arrested him, and they said, oh, whatever, right? Illegal gun and everything, right? The police union is freaking out, saying he needs to be punished more harshly. It just doesn't make sense, right? He endangered the officers. Okay, who came into whose house, right? Yeah, right. But, but the, the bigger thing, and this happens a lot, but the re most recent example I wrote about in the article with, with the officer who choked out Garner, who, who ultimately died. He was finally fired after five years and yeah. thousands of protests and a presidential election and politicking. He was finally fired. And did you see the video of the PBA president, I think Patrick Lynch, his name is, what he said about the firing? No, I don't think so. It's either embedded into my article or it's linked. At some point, you'll see, um, you'll see it'll be a hyperlink, the words that that the pba president said he was fuming how dare you fire our officer you know all he did was you know he you know touched the guy's neck and the guy died and for that you're gonna fire him all of our cops are gonna be afraid to do their job from now on if you can get oh, fired well. for such a little thing if such yeah. a tiny mistake can get you fired our cops will be afraid to even patrol the streets from now on he said that and really? he was really upset so this is what i'm saying dude these unions i mean even if someone is punished which is one in around a thousand is punished especially in the nypd even if they are punished, the unions, I mean, they just cause such a storm about it. It's unbelievable. You can have a guy come into your house, murder everyone in your whole town. If the cop is mm -hmm. fired, the unions will be angry that he was fired. Well, that's dues they're not collecting. What's it's that? A it's a union. That's dues they're not collecting. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Anything else we got to discuss? We got a lot of comments here, 17 comments. We can go through. Uh, I lost my list. I had it at, the, at work. I thought you had one. You texted me. Yeah, we have we've gone through pretty much everything here on the dock. We're gonna try to do this every every Friday and or every Tuesday evening, maybe. We'll try to do this at least a show for a half hour to an hour, Liberty Block Live. And uh you're welcome to go host whenever, of course. Yeah, I probably can jump in pretty much any Friday. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you to the viewers for staying with us. Thanks for the comments yeah, and likes and shares. Thanks and have a good Daniel night, guys. Miller and uh, let's get Daniel Miller on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him to interview uh, Daniel Miller, please. We'll, we'll Actually, let's try to get uh, real quick. Uh, what about getting Jason Sorens on? Have you ever had him? Negative. We could try. Yeah, he might be able to give some insight on how they how they do some of those picks. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's involved in the. In the yeah, I mean, he was the yeah. one that started. I think it started as like a master's thesis or something for him. The FSB, yeah, but also the yeah, Freedom in the Fifty States. Yeah, the 350 states. I mean, if he could, you know, maybe we talk to him about his methodology. Yeah, we, we could try. Some of the stuff that's more like puzzling, like how can you put that state ahead of that one? And That's a great know, idea, yeah. Forced ranking on uh, categories or whatever. Excellent. So. Yeah, thank you right. very much. Till next time. Have a good night. All right, see ya.